Hi, this is Joe Clore with Southern Real Estate Services and Evict Them For Me. Today is April the 20th, 2020, and I hope you're having a marvelous day out there. I know it's finally rained all weekend and uh, sun's shining this afternoon, but uh, we want to talk about that thing that's hanging over all of us right now in the uh, business. And definitely if you've decided to stop by this website, you're not having a very good day. So um, let's talk about COVID-19 and the eviction process. And let's, I want to go over the top questions that we're receiving and see if I can answer a few of them that may ease your concerns or make you more concerned. I don't know. It depends on the situation, but we want to get some of these out there so you can hear them now and uh, help you maybe make a decision about what you need to do next. Before we get started, I wanted to give you a bit of information from Brian Kemp's news conference this afternoon, where he's going to start lifting some of the restrictions on the shelter in place. The shelter in place is still in in effect, but they're going to start allowing some non-essential businesses to start operating. So I just, this was at the end End of the interview where one of the reporters asked a question about evictions. Uh, Governor, uh, many you talked about the hardship, financial hardship for many Georgians during this time. Many states have adopted a moratorium on evictions and foreclosures. Is that something you have considered or will consider? Well, we're considering anything that we're getting suggested. Uh, as you can imagine, I'm getting a, a lot of advice and a lot of suggestions, which I appreciate. It helps me keep, um, you know, close to the to the battle at hand. Um, you know, we haven't had in-depth discussions about that. I have had a few people that have raised that issue, and uh, we'll certainly continue to consider that. But I haven't taken any action so far. I just had one follow-up on the test. So I just wanted to make sure that you heard that from that news conference. It was at the tail end of it. And, you know, it's interesting to hear uh, what they're thinking and possibilities of, of things that might come out because we have changes on a daily, weekly basis. Now, let's get on to those questions. So the first question that we get, a lot of owners are telling us that my tenant says the government said they don't have to pay rent anymore. Now, that's just not true. On the March 20th, with the CARES Act, there was an eviction temporary moratorium put into effect on properties that have a federally backed mortgages. So that temporary moratorium lasts until August 1st, 2020. The CARES Act does not say that the tenant does not have to pay rent. It doesn't say that it doesn't give them forgiveness for their rent payments, and it does not say they're not supposed to pay their rent. Now, a lot of advocacy groups and media have made it seem that there's a four-month time limit that tenants aren't supposed to pay rent. And honestly, back in March when they first did this, emails were sent out to different property managers and different people we heard through the industry of, yeah, I don't have to pay my rent anymore because there's a national emergency and a state emergency. So yes, they're still responsible for the rent. Yes, they're still supposed to pay it. And if they don't, the only thing that protects you is moving forward with the eviction process. The number two question that we get is, are the courts shut down? The answer to that question is, in Georgia, on March 13th, 2020, there was a judicial emergency order that went into effect that shut the courts down from March 13th to April 13th. And then, around April 7th, a new order was put in place to extend that until May 13th. This order only affects the courtroom in which the judge sits, so no cases can be heard at this time. There are five steps to do an eviction process, and the courtroom is a very important step, and, and right now that step is on hold. And I assume, 
that we will not be going back to business as usual when they open back up because of the seating and the number of cases that need to be heard. We can still file your case and we can still serve your case after April 30th when the shelter-in-place order is lifted by the state of Georgia. Landlords that continue to f- have continued to file cases on March 13th through today. So there's this line developing that's uh, waiting for the courtrooms to open back up. Yes, the clerk's office is somewhat open depending on which county you're dealing with. Yes, they still accept filings. Some counties are still serving cases. Some will allow us to use process servers, but the majority of them are saying we shouldn't uh, during the shelter-in-place order. So that's kind of where that's at. But we can still file your case. We can get in line because when this is all said and done, uh, it's going to take a little while to get this done. And that is the third question, the number one I say it's the third one, but it's probably the number one uh, concern. How long will this take? This is one of the normal questions we receive on evictions, no matter what the market conditions are. So before COVID-19, this was one of our top questions. What's my timeline? How long is it going to take? And every time we give somebody the timeline, the response I get back is, gosh, there's got to be a quicker way. I heard it only takes seven days. I heard it can be 30 days. I heard it could be this. I heard it could be that. Well, you know, I called the cops. They told me I just needed to file an eviction. They'll get out of there in 30 days. Go mm, Okay. The... Before you actually sit in front of a judge and the judge says this is the judgment against that tenant and when they need to move, the power of when that tenant moves is in the hands of the tenant because the tenant has possession of the property. Now, let's go over the timeline of how long it takes to file a case in normal conditions. So when you file a case with the county, the first step is approval of that case. Usually that is something that's instantaneous or within a day. And then the case is sent to either the marshal service or you can take it to your own process server to serve the tenant the normal service for a dispossessory warrant. That's tack and mail. You don't have to personally serve them. I mean, it can happen. but And if you want to get a judgment against them, uh, if, it, if they're personally served, that's helpful and a bit more beneficial. But normal service is called tack and mail. They tack it on the door and they mail it to the address. The time it takes to do this service depends on a lot of different factors, but generally it could happen as quickly as 48 hours or up to a week. So let's just call that week one. Once the tenant is served, by law, they have seven days to answer. The tenant could answer the very first day. However, our experience is that nearly 65% of the time, Tenants will answer the case in six to seven days. So let's just go ahead and call that week two. Week one was serving the case. Week two was the tenant answering the case. Next, the clerk's office will take the answer. They will record it into the case and send notifications to all parties. The clerk will schedule on the courtroom calendar, the next available calendar, depending on the volume of the clerk's office. That process could take a few days. Also, uh, you know, they have to schedule all the cases that come in, not just evictions, uh, but they're all types of magistrate business. So it's not just eviction business. So generally speaking, the court case will be heard in the next two weeks. So when we add all that up, that's a four-week process. From the day you file your case, it takes one week to serve, one week to answer, two weeks to get to court, that's four weeks. So generally speaking, week three, week four, you'll be in the courtroom. Then on the day of court, many things can happen. You're required by state law to go to mediation before you go stand in front of the judge to hear your case. In mediation, you could negotiate all types of things, mainly money and time. That's really all you have. And that time I'm talking about is time of possession to transfer. Or you work out a deal for them to stay in the property. If the case goes in front of a judge, 
and you win the case, the judge is required by law to give the tenant seven days before they require the tenant to leave the property with the threat of a writ of possession. So that's week five, right? Went to court, seven more days for the tenant to stay there. That's five weeks. If the tenant fails to leave, you have to go back to the clerk's office and request a writ of possession to be filed with the clerk, and the judge then has to approve that writ of possession, sign off on it for the process to move forward to the marshals. Now, that process can take a day. It could take a week or two, depending on which county you're dealing with. So we'll just go ahead and call that week six, just average it out to a week. So that's six weeks so far, four to get to court, two after court. The next step is to... Uh, take the writ of possession over to the marshal's office. Now, the clerks will do that for you. Most marshals in the metro Atlanta area and all counties that we've ever dealt with in Georgia have a backlog of work to do depending on the county, the volume of cases. It can be anywhere from a two-week to an eight-week process to have a marshal meet you at the property to remove the tenant physically from the home. So let's just average that out to a month. So let's just say four weeks, not eight weeks not two, we'll just say it's four weeks. So if we add all those steps up in a normal market without COVID-19, it takes four weeks to get to court, one week before you can ask for the writ of possession, one week to have the writ of possession approved, and then another four weeks to meet the marshal, you're going to average right at 10 weeks to do an eviction in the state of Georgia if the tenant fails to move and sits there until you actually physically remove them from the property. Now, on all of our cases before COVID-19, our percentages showed that all of our filed cases, only about 3% of them ever turned into a setup because we continue to negotiate for you to try to get the tenant to leave or follow the judgment that happened in court. The problem now is the courtrooms have been shut from March 13th to May 13th. So we could easily say that we just added two months to that timeline. However, when they shut down the courtrooms, there was a natural backlog of court cases waiting to be heard. And since then, we've all continued to file cases. So when they open the courtrooms back up, I doubt it will be business as usual. Let's just use an example. Let's say a courtroom has 100 seats in it. Back in the good old days before COVID-19, they would try to cram in 120, 130 people, right, into 100 seats. I doubt that'll happen after we get back to work hopefully after May in the courtrooms. I don't exactly know what the solution will be. My assumption is it's going to take longer. So if we add up all the estimated time, 10 weeks for normal eviction, another two months for the current judicial emergency, and estimate a factor of it will take at least another one and a half times the normal time frame it takes to go through a courtroom. So we're looking at a process that normally takes a couple of months will now take somewhere between five six months if we, you know, and that's if we don't experience any more delays with COVID-19. But wait, I'm okay. My lease ends in 30 days, so I don't even have to go through the eviction process. I don't want to wait six months. My lease ends in 30 days. Crickets. That's what I hear every time I explain that timeline. People think that a piece of paper with this magical word on the top of it called a lease has some sort of power that on a given day it's going to twirl up in this little tornado and it's going to grab and make people do the things the lease intended for them to do on the date and time and for the amount of money they wrote on that piece of paper. Hate to tell you, it doesn't happen. Your lease is a wonderful thing as long as both parties follow the rules set out in the document. For whatever reason, your tenant is not currently following those rules. And I doubt They will start following those rules just because the lease comes to a magical ending date. You see, the tenant 
is in the most powerful position because they have possession of your home. There is a magical, magical place on your property. It is called the threshold. And once you allow the tenant to cross that threshold and stand underneath that roof, they have the power. The only way you can enforce your lease is to file a dispossessory warrant with the help of the magistrate process to remove the tenant from the home. Now, I've painted a pretty dismal picture of the state of the rental market as far as the eviction process goes. I promise you, I'm not exaggerating it. This is what we're experiencing every day in every single phone call. We're in unprecedented times, to say the least. Most of you wouldn't even be on my website right now without COVID-19. Your tenants, for the most part, would not be late on their rent, and everything would be running fine. But now both of you are put in a situation that has no good or clear solution. The safest thing for you to do is to enforce the rules of your lease by following the eviction process. That if we cannot negotiate with your tenant to work out some sort of plan that is acceptable to both parties, then you will be ready to move forward in court whenever it opens up so that you can get your investment back on track. We are here to help you. We handle these cases every single day. We keep up with the laws and procedures that are changing on a weekly basis. We will keep you informed and we will be the point of contact for your tenant so that you don't have to deal directly with them anymore. We do all of this for $300 plus the county filing fee and it includes an attorney that will represent you in court. It all starts by paying $50 and we will reach out to your tenant by regular mail, certified mail, email and we will call them, text them, and we'll negotiate for you if you want to negotiate to try to work out a plan that is acceptable to all parties. If you don't want to negotiate and you just want your property back, we can handle that too. Please click on the links above where you can schedule a call for a 10-minute free consultation with us. Uh, You can also click on call now. You may have to leave a voicemail if you do that. And uh, you can also click on the other one and shoot us an email. We want you to stay safe out there, okay? And despite stopping by this old website at evictthemforme.com, we really want you to have a wonderful day. Y'all take care.